0: Stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Brinkenridge, weekdays twelve thirty to three seven seventy CHQR. All right. Well, an updates on two black bear cubs that were brought in to be rehabilitated at the Concrete Ecological Institute. So, I mean, at some level, it it is a story about these two animals and everything they've been through and and efforts to save them. But there's kind of a bigger issue here as well uh, about this back and forth between wildlife experts uh, and officials at Alberta Environment. And we once again see that tension, where Alberta Environment is saying that these two black bear cubs are going to be returned to the wild by the middle of next month you get the experts who are working with them saying that that's way too early and, and makes no sense at all. So joining us uh, for the latest, very pleased to welcome to the program uh, Cleo Smeaton, president of the Conchrane Ecological Institute, also director of the Cochrane Research Institute. Uh, Cleo, thanks so much for joining us here today. Welcome to the program.
1: Thank you. Uh,
0: how are these two bears doing, by the way?
1: Well, they're doing quite well. I mean, uh, one of them, the one we've had the longest is the biggest, and uh, Masqua, the one that came from Grand cash is smaller i mean she's a female and she also had to have veterinary care so she was set back a bit but she's climbing around and eating everything and doing well
0: well it's good to hear but i mean d- despite that uh, your assessment is that they're releasing them in back into the wild next month just doesn't make sense
1: absolutely it makes no sense at all um really none the thing is that um they, uh, the, the female stays with her cubs for t- 24 months, and she protects them so that it is essential that, um, you know, we stand in for her, really. Mm-hmm. And in Canada, seven provinces allow bear rehab, and five of them practice overwintering cubs. Um, Manitoba has only just opened a bear rehab center, so they have no experience of it, and they are intending to let their bears go in November. And I don't know how hard the ground is in November, but the big guru of wildlife rehab is a guy called Dr. John Beecham, and he's absolutely adamant in his published papers that if the ground is frozen, you have to think again and make either an artificial den or release them in a uh, previously dug den i don't know which manitoba's going to do alberta is completely alone in deciding to let them go at between eight and nine months and there is because nobody's done it there's absolutely no data on whether this works or not common sense would indicate it didn't but one of the uh AEP uh, biologists who had a meeting with us said that the bears might have our bears, the public's bears, because they're stakeholders in this, and they have been contributing to their welfare by giving us food for them. So the public's bears might be sacrificed as an experiment to see if releasing it between eight and nine months old works at the on- releasing at the onset of winter, during the hunting season, right in the middle of it, actually, yes. and um, when the other bears are trying to put on their winter weight, so they'll eat up any little unprotected cubs. So it's a very strange decision. Now, in the U.S., 30 jurisdictions rehab bears, and 26 of those release their cubs at between 18 and 36 months old, which is what, what we used to do. I mean, places with warm weather like Florida, and they release as soon as the rehab cub is big and heavy enough, you know, because they don't hibernate down there. And so, you know, there's no necessity of, of providing a hibernating facility, which we have. Colorado releases their cubs at 11 months old. This is the state of Colorado which pays for its own uh, rehab, unlike Alberta. Alberta doesn't pay for anything at all. So our bears are not a cost to the government. Anyway, Colorado releases theirs in portable hibernating dens. So they start hibernating them in November. Or the end of October, depending on the weather, in little portable shelters, and then they take those shelters out to previously researched sites in February and March. And so the cubs, you know, they're they're eleven months old, or eleven or twelve months old in February and March. Mm-hmm. So that's what Colorado does, and there, you know, the the evidence that. Um, Alberta keeps banging on about is from John Beecham's 2015 paper, but where the, you know 550 bear cubs were discussed, but none of them were released at eight to nine months old. The youngest cub discussed was 11 months old and was released, released in a warmer climate than in Alberta, so it doesn't sort of hold. It just doesn't make sense.
0: Right. Would, would the spring then make more sense?
1: Well, it depends. I mean, you know what happened to the BAMF bears. I mean, oh, right. two of them yeah. alive and one of them dead. We have been taking in orphaned bear cubs since eighty five. 1985, it's a long time. We've been doing wildlife rehab since uh, 1967 under permit with facilities approved by government because you don't get a permit unless the government approves the facilities you're using so we really do know what we're doing and we initially we used to release in august of the bears second year so they had one hibernation and then we released them in august because there was a lot of food available in august Mm -hmm. but the drawback to that is they're still a bit small For to be able to stand up by to adult bears, and they have, um, you know, so you have to put ear tags on them instead of collars because they're still growing so much. And ear tags we have found from using them are not 100% reliable, and it's not just us Colorado, state of Colorado, they were saying that too. Um, So we decided to. Uh, start releasing our bears in purpose-built hibernaculums. So we built uh, portable uh, hibernaculums all insulated on skids that we can take out to the release sites. And we did this with the support and encouragement of the government of Alberta under the previous uh, government. And uh, we would take them out to an area where there was no hunting, Like we took them to Cold Lake Air Weapons Range and we took them to the Husky um, Lease Land where there's no hunting, with the blessing of the landowners, and uh, then we would take the door off the hibernaculum and bank the whole thing up with snow. So it just looks like a sort of lump of snow, right? A giant lump of snow. And in the spring, they wake up and they dig out and there they are in a new world but they still have their old familiar den. Unfortunately, we haven't had enough money to find out if they go back and use that den later on. Uh, so I don't know if we did, they do, but we did monitor them for different lengths of time, depending on the usefulness of the ear tags, for between four years and four months. See, the problem with putting telemetry on bears one is they take a long time to grow, so a collar doesn't work. Another is that their weight fluctuates, you know, right. so that a lot of times things fall off. With Colorado, they've tried gluing uh, ear tags, but um, those fell off. And we tried having this a, a thing you have on a radio collar called a mortality signal. And when that goes off, it goes off when the animal doesn't move at all. And, and it has a very rapid pulse, so it uses up battery life. The normal signal has a, a slow pulse, you know, with a gap. And uh, so what you want to do, because the bears hibernate, you want the signal to go off in November and come back on in March. And sometimes our... Uh, radio telemetry, because we don't have much money and we can only do what we can afford, um, has failed to work in that respect. I mean, if we had really good top-flight stuff, we would probably found out more. But there's very, very, very little um, post-monitoring information on black bears. And if we could work with the government, as we have asked them year after year, we have the expertise, because the government has never, ever had anything to do with uh, release and post-monitoring. And the weird thing is, it's really peculiar. If you think about why, why do they want to virtually kill these bear cubs as part of an experiment to see if something works? When not only us, but internationally, it's proven that if you release them at say 14 months, say, 14 to 32 months of age, you have a way better chance of success. You know, why release them as an experiment which probably won't work? I mean, what's the point? But the weird thing is, they produced a draft orphan black bear cub protocol in April, but they've left on their website their wildlife response guideline, which calls for the euthanization Of black bear cubs killing black bear cubs
0: so at this point Cleo as you say (laughs) you are trying to work with uh, Alberta Environment uh, Alberta Parks and Wildlife Uh, they don't seem too interested in in working with you unfortunately and and do they still at this point have the final say
1: of course they do these bears belong to them but the thing is that I really do think that the public should also have a final say because the public is supporting these bears, the public have an interest in these bears, and wonderfully, I mean, congratulations to the Alberta government, the draft orphaned black bear cub protocol doesn't just say that they have to be released um, on or before October 15th. It also says that on a case-by-case basis with the approval of the regional manager, and that's for down south here, they can be released at other times, you know? And if you look at it, there has been a real increase in bear sightings locally in Calgary, in Cochrane, in Redwood Me- Meadows, bears coming into town now if you ask yourself why it might be because the feed in the bush is really poor and i mean the alberta government has acknowledged and noted and acted that the the crop production for farmers has been really poor so they're proposing a subsidy well if crop production for farmers is bad it probably is just as bad In the bush and in the south-central areas, the um, crop production is significantly below the provincial average at 40% and 52%. So that is a lot. And we've had drought all summer, we've had forest fires, and now we've got a really early winter. And what I don't know, and I'd love to find out, is are they using the aerial poisoning program? which is also part of Alberta's wildlife management. I mean, where are they going to put them? Uh, They're talking about collaring them, but if you collar them, uh, you know, their weight will fluctuate because if they're not with their mum, she keeps them warm at night. So if they're all by themselves, which is another proposal, they'll lose a hell of a lot of weight trying to keep themselves warm, their own body fat. So it's better to release them together so at least they'll get keep warm or to overwinter them. Obviously, that's the best thing to do. I mean, an experiment with uh, two cubs that the people have got such an invested interest in seems to be uh, an unfortunate decision. And the reason is this need not be done is because the protocol itself has allowed for a case-by-case basis wouldn't it be better and i'm sure we can get the money to do this wouldn't it be better to overwinter them and then um to really do a proper study once they're released when they've got a better chance of survival now alberta government worries about habituation they say this a lot But if you think about it, bears spend five months of the year asleep. So our cubs will go to sleep uh, at the end, if this weather keeps up, at the end of this month, or maybe in the middle of this month, who knows. And they won't wake up until March. There's no interaction with humans during that time. It's a natural break. Obviously, when they're little, little guys, You have to spend a lot of time uh, with them, getting them to eat, feeding them, monitoring, doing all that stuff. But we haven't spent time with them since we moved them into their four-and-a-half-acre pen. They're in a a four-and-a-half-acre pen, which is all natural woodland, and we don't even see them. The only way we see them is because we've got um, trail cameras all over the place. They don't come to be fed. You know, they're... They're doing their own thing. We'll provide them with, if we're allowed to, a hibernaculum so they can hibernate. They might not choose to use it. They might choose to dig their own. Who knows? But up until, as we've been releasing, uh, rearing releasing bears since 85, the likelihood is they will use the hibernating facility we give them. And it's free to the government. This doesn't cost the government a penny.
0: That's what's so strange Now, the government
1: has said they want all sorts of things done to these poor little creatures. They want to have blood samples taken off them and all kinds of intrusive veterinary fiddling about done to them. And it's much better, if you're going to do that, to do that when they're dopey, when they're hibernating. Because, for one thing, it's easier to pick them up. It's easier to dope them. You don't want to chase them around four and a half acres. You know, it's... I don't know. I think the people... Over 100,000 signatures, as I understand it, on the petitions. Yeah.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, people, yeah, people are, have been following this and, and I think are really engaged with this issue. And, and hopefully that's enough to, to convince the province to, you know, as you say, d- defer to the experts on this. Uh, Cleo, much more. People can uh, read more at the uh, Cochrane Ecological Institute, CEINST, uh, We'll stay in touch, Cleo, and, and hopefully this all works out. But appreciate I you joining so. us here today.
1: It's possible, and I hope it will.
0: All the best, Cleo. Take care. Thanks again. Thank you. All right, that's uh, Cleo Smeaton, president of the Cochrane Ecological Institute. Uh, they're just trying to do what it is they do, and uh, not appreciative of how the province is approaching this. Nine seven four eight two five five. We're back with more right after this.
2: Sue DL at the hospital home lottery show home in Southeast Mahogany. Wondering whether to buy your ticket this year? The answer is yes. This $2.6 million, 5,500 square foot home is spectacular and this house plus $100,000 that's your grand prize this year but if you get your tickets before midnight tonight you're also in for the bonus draw which is a four night stay at Caesars Palace in Vegas with five of your friends traveling on your own private jet. Plus you'll chopper over to the Grand Canyon for a tour, see a premium show and have a limo to zip around the strip in, plus $15,000 in your pocket to go gambling or shopping. And if you're not a Vegas kind of person, you can just take the $50,000 cash instead. Don't miss out on this bonus prize draw, and don't worry, your name stays in the draw for the show home and the rest of the 3700 other prizes up for grabs as well. Tickets are $100 each, or you can buy in multiples of 3, 5, or 8 tickets. Get your tickets before midnight tonight, though, at CalgaryHospitalHomeLottery.com, or call one 541 I'm Sue DL for 770 CHQR.
0: Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.